May the words of my lips and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you please be seated? Well, in our series on Romans, we turn to the second half of Romans chapter 15. And in this section, it appears that Paul is starting to wind down his teaching. In fact, at first glance, a good portion of this section seems to be Paul simply communicating his travel plans to them. And so it would be understandable to look at a text like this and wonder what we could actually gain from it. Why such an extended goodbye? What's there for us to learn here? Why can't we just move on to whatever the next book of the Bible we're going to read? I get it. It makes sense. But even then, there is a verse in our passage that jumped out at me this week because I think it speaks to something that I see lacking in so much of our Western culture. Paul says in verse 17, In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. Now, as Christians, our defenses might go up at this point when we read that, because the word pride jumps out at us, right? Pride's a sin, Paul. What are you doing claiming pride, even in the work that you've done? What are you talking about your pride for? Well, a helpful way for us to understand this comes from a bit of a different translation. Another faithful translation of this passage would be Paul saying, I glory in Christ Jesus in my service to God. You see, what he's speaking about here is not arrogant boasting. It's not puffing oneself up. It's about purpose. It's about meaning. It's about doing a work that serves something greater than yourself. Paul here is speaking about a work worth doing. A work that we can be satisfied with when we do it and we do it well. That's what I see lacking in so much of our culture these days. A lack of purpose. A lack of meaning. A lack of desire to serve anything other than ourselves. An idea that there is nothing greater than what we see around ourselves. And so this morning, we're going to take some time to look at what this work is. We're going to talk about who it's for, and then we'll talk about how it's lived out. Because in many ways, Paul is a model for the church here, and for each and every individual Christian, of what a faithful purpose-filled Christian life can look like. And so what is this work that Paul can glory in Christ Jesus for? Well, in verse 16, he tells us that it was to be a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles in the priestly service of the gospel of God, so that the offering of the Gentiles may be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. What on earth is he talking about? here. Well, to be clear, he's not speaking about any particular office of the church, right? As, as words like minister and priest might make us think. Rather, here he's summarizing what the Lord has empowered him to do. 
You see, being a minister of Christ Jesus to the Gentiles here is about being their servant. He was called to be a servant to the Gentiles by bringing the gospel to them and witnessing to the grace of Jesus Christ. We know that that's what he has in mind when we read later in our passage that he makes it his ambition to preach the gospel not where Christ has been named. He was called to serve the Gentiles, to minister to the Gentiles and the cause of the gospel by being a missionary evangelist to the end that the Gentile believers might be presented to God, might be brought in faith to God and sanctified by the Holy Spirit as a holy offering. That's what the word priest is all about here. It's what the word priest is all about in the Bible. It's one who presents an offering to God. And that's what Paul is called to do here. He presented the gospel to the Gentiles so that they, in turn, might be presented to God. It goes back to what we heard in chapter 12, right? That as Christians, we are called to live as what? A living sacrifice. Meaning all of ourselves brought to God, given over to him. That is why Paul preached the gospel to the Gentiles, so that they could live entirely for Jesus. They could live as a living sacrifice. That was the purpose that Jesus had given him, and it was a work worth doing and a work glorying in as he saw countless Gentiles brought from darkness to light and from death to life. Now, we might hear all that and think to ourselves, well, that's wonderful that Paul had that call. He was called to be a missionary evangelist. I most certainly am not. And so I'm glad he had that call, but that's not me. Well, in some ways, you're right. But mostly, you're wrong. You see, the truth is that every Christian is called and empowered by God to bring the gospel through servant ministry to the end that we and others might live for Jesus. Paul certainly had a unique calling, and he was uniquely equipped for it. But as we'll discuss next week, there was a whole host of people working side by side with him. And so we might not get ordained, or we might not go on some missionary expedition, but I have to tell you, friends, Paul made it his goal to take the gospel to people and places that never knew Jesus. And more and more... The place where people don't know Jesus is right where we are. It's where we live. We make assumptions all the time about people in our, in our city, in our culture, that of course they know about the church, and of course they know what the gospel really is, and they've heard of Jesus plenty of times, and so they must know. They don't. Our society is not a Christian one. I'm sorry if that's, a, if that's a shock to you, if you've not heard that before. I mean, I've said it, I don't know how many times now, so I would hope you remembered it. But the truth is that we do not live in a Christian society anymore. 
The non-believer out in the world, out in our city, they, they're not a non-believer after a, a careful consideration of the gospel. They haven't rejected Jesus after learning all they could about him and then deciding, yeah, you know, just not for me. They've never heard the gospel. At best, they've heard some lukewarm, watered-down, choose-your-own-adventure, your-life-is-your-own style of faith that has nothing to do with the Bible at all. And so when we think of what a missionary looks like now, taking the gospel out to the unconverted, to the the unreached. Yes, there are places overseas and in far-off lands that we should think about, but we better start including Windsor, Ontario in our thinking. Because more and more, that's how you can describe where we live. And so the purpose of the church, of the individual Christian, is to witness to the gospel of Jesus Christ through servant ministry, to the end that we and others might live for Jesus. That is our purpose. And that is the work worth doing for each and every one of us. Now, if you're like me at this point, your mind's jumping to that, okay, fine, how do I do it? How do I go live it out? Well, before we get there, I want to talk about the why. Because the truth is, if we understand the why of what we're doing, it makes the doing so much better and so much easier. The why is what makes the how mean something. And in this case, the why is all about the who. See, Paul can glory in the work that he has accomplished because of who it's for. And it wasn't for him. And it wasn't even really for the Gentiles that he ministered to. Not primarily. It was for Jesus. Right before he tells us about the work that he was called to do, Paul tells us that he can only do it through the grace of God given to him. That was in verse 15. He tells us that his work was all about how God was empowering him to do it. That empowered by God, he then does a work in Christ Jesus, as he says in verse 17. And then he goes on from there to say, For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience. I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. It was a ministry that was empowered by and all about Jesus. Start to finish, it's about Jesus. That is what gives his work meaning and purpose. Because it was in Jesus that Paul found something worth living for. It was in Jesus that Paul found a work worth doing. It was in Jesus that Paul found something greater than himself. Now tell me that's not something we need today. We live in a time and place where people are succumbing to depression at frightening rates. A time in which young people are filled with anxiety. A time in which more and more people do not believe that there is anything worth living for and that human life has no ultimate purpose or meaning. 
That's where we began our series, right? Think back, I don't know, how many months ago? Four or five months ago now, back to Romans 1. Where did we start? Why does everything seem so broken? But friends, broken things can be made whole. And people who have no purpose can find it. How does that happen? In Jesus. Jesus is how things change. Jesus is where we find meaning. Jesus is where we find purpose. He's where our hope is found, as Pastor Josiah helpfully explained to us last week. We live in a time where more and more people are feeling hopeless. And we should not be surprised that that is the case when less and less people are hearing the gospel. And so we, the people of God, We have a purpose. We have a gift to give to the world. We have the gift of a life worth living. A life lived for something beyond just me. Because we have the gift of Jesus. That's the work that he's called us to do. participate in what he's doing in this world, to be a part of making him known, to be the vessels that he's chosen to bring the gospel of grace to this world through our words and our deeds so that many would be saved and that we might actually have the joy and the satisfaction of seeing him work in and through us and in that other person. And I got to tell you, when you see the impact that you have on someone through faithfully serving Jesus, joy is hardly enough to describe what that feels like. As you, like Paul, get to see people brought from death to life, finding purpose, finding hope, finding meaning, what greater gift could you give them? That is what we bring to the world because we bring Jesus. That's the why. Jesus himself is the why of everything we do. So now let's talk about the how. Three things I want to quickly touch on. How do we serve Christ? How do we serve him in our purpose? It's by growing, by being ambitious, And by blessing. Paul writes at the beginning of our passage, I myself am satisfied about you, my brothers, that you yourselves are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge and able to instruct one another. He's encouraging them here. He's saying, you're doing great. You know, Jesus, you're able to help one another, to teach one another. You're doing good things. Awesome job, guys. Way to go. And can I just say as a side note, What a way to serve somebody, by encouraging them. Please don't be afraid to be an encourager. It's not hokey or cheesy to let someone know that they're doing a good job when they're doing a good job. That's what Paul's doing here. He's being an encourager. And so he encourages them to continue on, and then he encourages them to grow. You're doing a great job, but you still need to grow. He continues, on some points I have written to you very boldly by way of reminder. 
because of the grace given me by God. They're doing great, but they are not to become self-satisfied. They're not to assume that they've made it. They're not to assume that there's nothing else to learn, nowhere to grow. We can get that way, can't we? I remember a friend of mine, he once told me he read the Bible cover to cover. And so he was done. He read that one time, nothing new to learn. He'd gotten everything he was going to get from the Bible. Friends, that's the wrong answer. If you want to communicate to me that you have not read the Bible well, go ahead and tell me that. There is always room to grow. No one graduates from the Jesus school, friends. We all need to keep growing in our faith. And we do that by being intentional about it, by being deliberate about it, by being intentional about getting that daily time in the scriptures, purposeful about making time to be in prayer, to speak with and sit in the presence of our God. We're purposeful about wanting to grow, about being honest about those areas of our lives where we need to grow. I gave you a negative friend story. Let me give you a positive one. I had a friend that told me while he was working what he called his retirement job. It's at a retail store. He told me that every time that he got out of his car, he'd quickly pray to himself, Lord, help me to be a blessing to someone today. That's it. Short, quick, purposeful, deliberate, growing prayer. He felt like he needed to grow in his ability to serve others, which is hilarious because he had probably the biggest servant heart of anyone I've ever met, and yet he wanted to grow more in it, which was a fantastic lesson for me because we got to grow in areas even that we're good at. It was his desire constantly to be getting better at serving other people, and so he over and over again would ask Jesus to grow that desire in him, and that's exactly what happened. And so a guy who was already a massive blessing to everyone he encountered just kept blessing more people. We all have areas of our faith to grow in. Even those areas we're good at. It could be an area of sin, sure. Something we need to repent of, right? Because Jesus over time brings out more of that because he's gracious. He's not going to hammer us with everything all at once. And so maybe it's an area that we need to repent of. Or maybe it's just an area of ignorance. You just don't know enough. And so you've got to be deliberate about learning more about a part of the faith. And so the question that we have is, are we going to be intentional about growing? Are we going to be deliberate about pursuing Jesus so that by his spirit, he can grow us in those areas where we need growth? We're going to be honest with ourselves and intentional about dealing with those areas and so that we can better serve Jesus and fulfill our purpose in him. Where do you need to grow? Are you willing to be intentional about it? Second thing, we fulfill our purpose as Christians by being ambitious now, that sounds kind of non-Christian, right? 
After all, the word ambitious has a lot of negative associations with it, right? We often see it as a negative trait, and often it is. Ambition can drive us to do some pretty awful things. It can be a pretty massive idol in our life, or feed a massive idol that we have. But there is such a thing as a holy ambition. An ambition that's for Jesus, a gospel ambition. Once I had a pastor friend of mine, we were having a conversation, and just as a throwaway line, and it's always the throwaway lines that stick with you, right? As a throwaway line, he just said to me, I love people that are ambitious for the gospel. And I've never forgotten it. And most people would hear it probably move right on, but for whatever reason, the Lord planted that in me. And it's like, yeah, that's what I want to be. I want to be ambitious about the gospel. That's a good thing. Look at what Paul says to us here, right? Verse 20. What does he do? He makes it his ambition. It was the driving desire of his heart to preach the gospel where it has not been preached. That's a gospel ambition. He didn't want to build on someone else's foundation. Not because it was like, I want to get the credit. No. He was saying, you go do what you've done. Keep working at it. I'm going to go over here where nothing's been done so that more people can hear the gospel. So the people over there and over here can hear about the saving grace of Jesus Christ. That was his ambition. To make Jesus known as far and as wide as possible. That's a great ambition. That's a gospel-centered ambition. Do you have one? Do you have something that you would love to see Christ work through you? Some sort of godly goal? That's not a self-help thing, right? It's not like, hey, set your targets and, you know, next quarter meet your, your tally and here's your commission. No, that, that's not the way these things work. It's not about that. It's about striving to see Jesus work through you about having the the motivational force of your heart being about him. It's functionally what a mission statement is, right? St. Aidan's, we're what? We're about about praising and proclaiming Jesus Christ. You hear me or Josiah say it every day. It's on everything we print on. We make it our ambition to praise and proclaim Jesus Christ. We make it our ambition here to make and equip disciples of all generations who can faithfully share the saving love of Jesus Christ. That's what we're about. That's what godly ambition is. And so would you ask the Lord to show you what that looks like, to give you a godly ambition, to play your part in whatever that looks like. And finally, we serve our purpose in Jesus by blessing others. We strive to bless people spiritually and materially. Verse 25, Paul speaks of bringing aid to the poor in Jerusalem. Something he mentions actually in a few of his letters, certainly his early ones. He had raised money from the Gentile churches who were, who were more well off for the believers in Jerusalem who were struggling under persecution. They had a material need, and so he called on the wider church to supply the needs of the faithful. It's what the church is called to do, to see a brother and sister in need 
and to support them, to help them, to bless them with our money, our food, our hospitality, giving them a ride, giving them a call, whatever it might be. I talked earlier about being an encourager. I want to encourage you all. This church, our parish council in particular, we saw Anik with a need, right? Anik started this curacy program. It's near and dear to our hearts. They sent out a request because they had a need. They wanted to keep it going. They needed money. In this church, that is not exactly, you know, flush, stepped up and sent a gift because we saw a need and we acted on it. That's what it's about. We could bless even out of what we have, and we did. That's an incredible thing to see. And you know what happened? It doesn't always work this way. It did for us. The Lord then blessed somebody else who blessed us by paying for that gift. It's incredible. Again, it's not always going to work out that way, and it shouldn't be our goal that, well, if we do that, then God will give us more. No. We just bless. We had the ability, and so we did. That's what it's about. But it's not just out of our material. It's also spiritual. In verse 30, Paul says, I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf. You know, we might not think that we're gifted to speak about Jesus. That might not be our thing. And we might think we're too poor to aid in the material support of the church or the faithful. And we might think we're not physically capable of serving. But the one thing each and every one of us can do is pray for one another. It doesn't matter how old or young, rich or poor, eloquent or not, we can always pray. Yeah, but I don't know what they need prayer for. Pray for them anyways. The Lord knows. As you walk by that person on the street, pray for them. Well, I don't know their name. The Lord does. Pray he'd bless them. Pray he'd increase their faith. Just pray for them. Pray for your church. Pray for the, the list of people that we give you week by week. You may not know how to, just ask the Lord to bless them. Just pray for them. And I ask that you pray for our leaders here, that you pray for me and Josiah, you pray for our staff. Not because we're in a particularly trying season, we're not. Actually, I think things are going pretty well. But because we always need your prayers. We fulfill our purpose in Jesus by blessing one another with our materials and spiritually. Friends, it is true that we live in a time that seems completely purposeless. And that only seems to grow. But in that time and place, we are a people with an incredible gift to share. We have the gift of Jesus who created us with purpose. The purpose of loving and serving him so that all might know him. It is a purpose of endless blessing and satisfaction as we are blessed to see him work through us. You have a purpose. You have a work worth doing. And so this day, 
Ask the Lord to show you. Ask him to work in and through you. Ask him to make you ambitious for him so that you might be a blessing and we might grow together in him. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.